All right, Kiss Army. You wanted the best. You got the best. Now close your eyes. You're about to be podcast. Hi, Kiss fans. This is J.R. Smalling, and I'm pleased to announce the release of our new book, Out on the Streets, written by me and the other members of the original Kiss crew. This book chronicles the glory days of the hottest band in the land from 1974 to 1976. You'll hear the real tales of what it was like to be on the road with Kiss during those early years. For more information or to purchase, visit our website at www.theoriginalkisscrew.com. That's crew with a K. You wanted the book and you got it. And we hope that you enjoy it. How you doing, bro? <laughs> I'm doing well, JR. I'd like to introduce everybody. Yeah. He was on a show of ours before, and we want to thank you for returning. Mr. J.R. Smalling, how are you doing, sir? I am great, man. Good to be here. And, of course, the last episode you were on, Mr. Mick Campisi was also on, and sadly he's yeah. no longer with us. Uh, can you talk about the loss of Mick Campisi right now, oh, please? Man. Yeah, that's, uh, it was rough. You know, um, it's it's funny thing, but uh, I just happened to notice that um, one week from today will be a year since he passed away. Yeah. And... Um, it was a shock when I heard it. Lydia, uh, Chris actually called me and told me, um, and I was floored. Um, really, really like losing a member of the family, losing like losing a brother, man. You know, um, we went through uh, a lot of stuff together years and years ago, and uh, Nick was just a, a truly um, wonderful, nice guy. Um, and um, I miss him. Very warm and genuine as well. Absolutely, absolutely, man, absolutely. What you saw from Mick is what you got. You know, he didn't, he didn't have an unkind word for for anybody. And uh, you know, you said it best, man. Very warm, very warm. Never saw a picture of him not smiling either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I see. You just made me smile thinking about it. So, well, good. Uh, Great, great truth in that, man. Great truth in that. You know, it's funny. Um, I uh, someone sent me a uh, a link to a podcast that we did together years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday, one of the guys in Clown. Yes, yes. Yeah, and uh, it's the it was the first time that I heard Mick's voice, you know, since he passed. And uh, actually, that was our show. The one you were on. That was on. Oh, that's right. It yeah. was. Yeah. That's that's right. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it was it was great to hear that old Texas heartbreaker twang. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> First off, um, the the book "Nothing to Lose." What did you think of that? <laughs> well, that book set the table for our book for sure. That and other books. You know, you get you get parts of of stories and and you get. Uh, highly biased opinions you know from all sides of of uh of the room you know but when when you get our book you will get the uh the truth and nothing but the truth you know um and 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 sometimes they say the truth is stranger than fiction and uh i can guarantee you this time uh it's 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 very accurate but we have nothing to gain 
or really nothing to lose by being absolutely candid in, 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 in what we say. And, you know, everything that everyone reads is going to be the truth exactly as it happened. So, uh, you know, keep an eye out for it. Well, JR, I have to be completely honest with you. I heard an interview with uh, you with mm-hmm. Jody Havnot today, and I am so angry at him. <laughs> and so angry at you because you guys did the perfect interview. So I'm going to encourage our listeners right now to hit pause wow. and go find the Strange Ways interview with J.R. Smalling and Jody Havnot. Listen to that, and we're going to say that that's part one of this. So, okay, perfect. <laughs> so, you know, we, we love one another in the in the KISS community. The, the KISS podcasting community is a great yeah. bunch of guys, and we're all here to help promote what you're doing and i guess we should kind of talk a little bit about the reason you're on the show today you you have a purpose and let's just get that out on the table there you go yeah well after uh 38 years the uh surviving members of the original kiss crew myself peter moose Orakinto, and rick monroe have finally uh bowed to the wishes of uh the fans and and the army and and people like yourself we got off our asses and we're uh, putting together this book of memoirs of our life on the road with kiss during uh, the glory years as we like to call it from uh, january 1974 through to our uh, untimely departure if you will after the uh, european tour uh, in uh, the summer of 76 as i might have said previously or just now you know this is this is, this is the truth, man. People want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear the sugar-coated, um, you know, spoon-fed kind of uh, drivel that uh, has come in a lot of other things. They don't want to hear the, or at least I've found that they don't want to hear any of the negativity and the constant bashing that goes on, you know, in some of these books. Uh, you know, for us, granted, we were only there for two and a half years, but I like to think that they were the most significant two and a half years well, yeah. In the existence of the band, in that, you know, if, if, if those first two and a half years didn't go perfectly, then uh, we wouldn't probably be here talking about this today, you know what I mean? So exactly. we're very proud. We're, we and the crew are very proud of what we did. Um, we appreciate the fans for uh, the longevity and the recognition and, and the love that they show us. And as a result, you know, we just had to had to get out and, uh, and, and, and give everybody the, the, the real stories, you know. And, and the book... Um, really, Ken, is uh, it's 99%, uh, you know, fun times, good vibes, and, you know, w- w- what it was about back then. Mm-hmm. Because we were, uh, we looked at it as uh, conquering not just the music business, you know, but conquering the world. We knew that we had a great organization on all levels, starting first and foremost with the four guys on the stage, Sean Delaney, brilliant, the fifth guy. Fifth uh, Kiss member, Bill O'Coin, Neil Bogar, myself, Moose, Mick, and Rick, and um, we had a master plan to uh, to conquer the world. And uh, I got if we didn't do it, you know. So, uh-huh. um, and of course, a, there's uh, one one group of people you're leaving out. Well, of course, the uh, groupies. <laughs> How could I leave out the groupies? There's God a bless whole them. chapter. <laughs> And we call them in the book the Kiss Cuties with a K. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and that is a collection of stories. You know, it's funny because there's all sorts. People think of, of groupies and, and the, 
the acknowledged definition of groupies are, are the ladies that show up and service the band and you know and the like and and while that. while that does make up a, a large portion of the the female <laughs> admirers uh-huh. there are and and were just a large bunch of really cool ladies that um just we love to be around and love to hang around because they were down to earth they weren't the ones that were hanging around looking to get laid and you know party and right. be seen with this one or the other one and you know people that you could actually when you came into town again and again and again you know you could you could look forward to uh you know uh being asked over to somebody's house you know and, and sitting in a backyard and having a barbecue like a real person or, or, or going going to someone's place for dinner or, or whatever. Just just getting out of that uh, uh, career-building mode, if you will. Right. Well, a lot, of, a lot of people don't understand the luxury of being able to have a nice, warm-cooked meal and then to have somebody that's good to look at and make conversation with even is, is an amazing thing when you're on the road. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, everything else is, is so... Uh, superficial um you know and, and it's out of necessity you don't you don't know on a daily basis you know 95 percent of the people you're meeting for the first time conversations and feelings can only grow so much you know what i mean but right, right. like i say you, you know some of those cities especially in the early years it, it wasn't unusual to pass through the same city you know two three times maybe in a year you, you take a city like like uh, like Detroit or Chicago or uh, you know uh, some of the cities down south and and you know we were in those places constantly mm-hmm. and and we got to know not only not only you know the the ladies but you know we got to learn we got to meet their 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 family their parents their brothers their sisters you know mm-hmm. and it was as close as as we had uh, as close as we came to uh, you know we were a family right you know and 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 that was the closest that we ever came to socializing with another family. <laughs> exactly. You know, once they were, we left New York. So we really cherished those moments. They were probably me. almost like triage units in a way. Like you could <laughs> feel like a human in this world yeah, you were on. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, you know, a little dose of reality never hurt anyone. You know, Absolutely. I, I think, it could, think it could still help certain people today.
getting a book kind of lay it on people how you're doing this what we're doing and and this is really for for our benefit as much as for the fans benefit there used to be years ago and i'm sure they still do if, if there's a reader's digest still in existence or whatever i don't even know yeah, but uh years ago it was very popular to release uh chapters of books uh on a weekly basis in a magazine life magazine was very big for that look magazine um, each week would release a chapter or two of, uh, of an upcoming book from a famous author. Right. And over the course of X number of weeks or months or whatever, the entire book would be released. And once it would, had been released you know, in weekly installments, then the book would be uh, published in a hard copy, hardbound format. And then, again, 
made available to the masses. Mm-hmm. And basically, we're doing the same thing, but we're just using a different delivery method than the, than the written page. We're using the Internet. And the beauty of, of that is that it really allows us to engage the fans and the readers into the actual book writing process mm-hmm. by giving them the opportunity to actually pose questions to us that we can in turn answer in subsequent uh, chapters. Rather than spoon-feeding you what we think you want to hear, uh, we can respond directly to uh, you guys and, and, and involve you in that whole process and give you exactly what you want to hear. This, this book, um, once we publish um, all of the editions and, and, and what we're doing, the first uh, edition just came out uh, a week ago today, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. it's got it, it's got three chapters in it, one written by me, two written by Moose, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna try to put out a new edition um, at least once a month, so that within the year we will be uh, we will we will have published the entire uh, book electronically online, which will be followed then immediately by the release of the hardcover book which will include everything that's been released in the uh, ver- visual or the, the installment, so to speak, uh, plus a lot of never-seen-before uh, photos, which, if you're a KISS fan, you know, that's really hard to come by, anything yeah. that you haven't seen before. Uh-huh. Uh, some documents uh, and some very special bonus uh, information that I am not at liberty to share with you folks yet, but... Uh, you know, rest assured, when you when you see this, um, you will be very very pleased that uh, that, that, that that you hung with us and, and waited till the end to, to to check it out. And at the end of it, you the what you what you buy digitally can uh, offset the cost. Oh yeah, at the oh yeah, end for of sure. It. The um, <clears throat> and thank you for mentioning that, Ken. You know, the the uh, the the ebook releases. Uh, followed by the hardcover book uh, release. It's not, it's not a money grab. You know what I mean? Where like I say, there have like, been fans that have been hounding us, thankfully, for years. you got to write a book. you got to write a book. you got to write a book. <laughs> we could have, we could have uh, you know, said, yes, we are going to write a book, and you know, stay tuned. In a year, it's going to be ready. But then we realized, you know what? There's really no reason to do that. People want to hear stuff now. We can release a little bit at a time, and uh, by the end of the year, like I say, they will have read everything that they're going to get in the book. Um, and the way that we offset the costs for folks so that we don't uh, soak the fans twice is that uh, you know the individual editions right now sell for uh, $3.50 per edition. Mm-hmm. Um, the book will sell for... $25 for the hardcover book uh, and uh, $40 for the hardcover book if it's signed by each of the three remaining members, Moose, Rick, and myself. Um, but uh, any person who buys five uh, installments of the book, uh, a minimum of five installments of the book, will automatically be eligible to receive a very deep discount off of that $25 uh, could be as much as 20, 50% off so it's kind know? of almost working on like a layaway plan you it's can enjoy the book now 
and then get the actual signed edition if you want or the unsigned edition right. so it's basically uh you're you're buying it in advance pretty much pretty much and 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 regardless of how you do it like i say there's going to be bonus material in there that you're not going to be able to get in the in the ebook format um and 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 you know we we, we want to give we want to give the fans value you know, for, right. for, 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 for their dollar. No one's going to get rich off of this. Right. Um, you know, and, 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 and we're doing it, we're doing it for the fans as much as we're doing it for ourselves. You know, we have a lot to get off of our chests um, after, after 38, 40 years. You know, so it gives us a chance to, to really get our story out there, the good times and the bad times, of which there were very few bad times, thank God. You know, but to, but to, but to get the story out there, uh, told by us in our words, you know, we had, for a long time we had agonized over trying to find a suitable uh, co-author. We agonized over trying to find a publisher that would, you know, work with us to get the book on the streets. And it just became so frustrating not being able to pull those things together mm-hmm. that we said, you know what? Even though we're not uh, road scholars here, we all speak English, <laughs> <laughs> you know. We're we're fairly uh, intelligent guys. Let's go ahead and do this ourselves. We'll write it in in our words, and the fans will will hear it. Everything that we have to say exactly as we want it to be said, and not embellished or watered down by anybody else. And that's what we're doing. And mm-hmm. as far as folks getting a signed copy of the book, you folks mm-hmm. need to think about this. He's not saying it's a limited collectible or anything like that, but there's only so many that they're going to sign. Correct. Eventually, it's going to be harder to find these three guys to get them to <laughs> sign the same thing. So if you want it signed, you better strike while the iron's hot. Otherwise, you're going to have to be standing in line at this convention and at that thing and <laughs> doing stuff that, via mail. So I'm truth. telling you, you got to strike while the iron's hot if you want it like this. You're also doing something really cool, and from a graphic artist perspective, which I am one, and sadly I don't have the time to put something together for you, mm. but you're doing something really cool for people that have an artistic flair. You're having basically a contest to, de- to design the book cover. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, it's like I said, you know, we, we want this to be about the fans. We want, to, we want to involve as many people as possible. And really make at the end of the day so the people look at it, they can really feel that they had something to do with it as well, you know. Uh, so to that end, we have opened up the, uh, the designing of the hardcover, hard copy book cover to the fans. For those of you who are uh, graphic artists or graphically inclined, uh, either with Photoshop or freehand, we've opened up the uh, design of the... Uh, hardcover book cover to uh, to fans. Uh, basically, all you have to do is uh, post your design on our Facebook page, the original KISS crew, and uh, let your fellow fans vote on the best design that they like, keeping in mind the title of the book, Out on the Streets. The design that has received the most likes by the time the book is ready to be published is going to be the design that we're going to go with. Um, and uh, give that individual credit as the uh, artistic designer for the book cover, as well as that individual will receive 10 uh, hardcover books uh, signed by uh, Moose, Rick, and myself. So, you know, here's just something else that we're doing to really engage the fans as much as possible 
Uh, we want as much input from you guys in the questions, the artwork, anything that you guys have to say or do. Of course, we can't uh, respond to every question. We can't uh, we can't do everything, but as much as we can do, guys, we will do it. just some names and I mm -hmm. just want you to tell me about that person and sure. some people that you know obviously uh, this is a KISS podcast after all let's right. talk about Lydia Chris first off what can you tell me about Lydia I love Lydia I love Lydia she's she's like a sister to me um, she is uh, she's so down to earth uh, very funny 
um, what Lydia went through both uh, before, during, and after the Kiss saga is uh, is truly a tale in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, having not been a great reader of any of these books that preceded ours, you know, I don't know what may have been said um, one way or the the other about Lydia, but. Let it suffice to say that when things were tough and when, when before Peter uh, and the band made it, Lydia was the breadwinner in that household. Lydia was the woman, the person that uh, kept Peter uh, alive and on a straight and narrow uh-huh. to the point where he could actually find uh, Gene and Paul and Ace and, and put that group together and, and get the success that, 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 that they... Uh, obviously got and, and they deserve um, during that whole situation she was a dream uh, I made sure that everybody treated her like uh, like the lady and the queen that she is because uh, I mean I just can't say enough positive things about Lydia I love her she's a real Lydia sweetheart. if you're listening that's for you darling <laughs> we love her here at the podcast too she was grateful enough to do a few things with us and uh, she was also on the Bill of Coin show and uh, huh. which leads me to my next person, okay. Mr. Bill O'Coin. Your thoughts on Bill O'Coin? Uh, Bill O'Coin uh, was a very insightful individual. Uh-huh. Obviously, he, he found the band and saw the potential and did everything that he had to do to, to, to make them successful. Honestly, my... Um, my bottom line feeling on Bill, the, the jury is still out a little bit. Some may know that the original Kiss crew and myself were terminated, so to speak, in a uh, very abruptly. Um, and um, Bill was the person that uh, that uh, actually fired me. He had the unfortunate duty he, well yeah you know whether it was unfortunate for him or not i i don't know but um all, all i know is that uh and, and and this will all come out in the book like i say this is this is part of that one percent of, of not great stuff <laughs> that i yeah. alluded to before you know but, <clears throat> and, and, uh, and i understand that you can't lay it all out brother because we all know that the game's to be sold not told so absolutely absolutely <clears throat> but you know, um, put it. I mean, everything was wonderful up until the last moment, and uh, I have nothing. I have nothing bad to say uh, about Bill O'Coin. He was, he was the, the the he he was the leader. He he was the the lead guy. He he held the ship down, so to speak. You know, and um, without his insight and without his uh, his uh, abilities to. Uh, pilot the ship, so to speak, uh, sure that the group wouldn't be without today. Sean Delaney. Undoubtedly the fifth member of KISS. Sean worked with the band on every level, from songwriting to attitude adjustment. He was the guy that told them, you know, you guys, you're going to be stars, you got to act like stars, and you got to be it all the time. You know, he helped them with the makeup, uh, Gene... If you're gonna be the demon, you gotta be the demon. You gotta gotta be the monster. That's your that's your thing. You're the guy. Paul, you got a star on your eye, you gotta be the star child. You gotta be the 
the lover. You've got to be the one that's out there and in front and, and, and you know, really selling yourself in the band. Um, Peter, you know, Peter was, uh, Peter was, was, was the cat, you know, uh, and, and, and Sean helped to bring all of that out. All of those iconic stage moves in Deuce, um, that was Sean Delaney. Um, a lot of input on costume design, that was Sean Delaney. Songwriting input, that was Sean Delaney. Um, so I can't, I can't say enough about Sean. I actually uh, had known Sean, met Sean uh, before Kiss, when he was uh, a singing lead here in New York City in a band called Sean Delaney and Natural Juice. Wow. And uh, he was uh, the leader of that group on stage and off. And uh, that really, I think, set him up and schooled him, uh, got him the chops to be able to get his point across with Kiss, which obviously worked very, very well. So Sean is the man. You know, I bow down to his memory, man. Miss him, too.
take it from a person to an area. Like, for example, I recently lived up in the Cleveland-Pittsburgh area. And you know, Cleveland was one of those areas that took to KISS. The Agora. Yes. Are you kidding me? Cleveland, Cleveland Cleveland is a joint. I, it, it's amazing. Um, you know, um, you, you, you look at, at places like Cleveland, Detroit, St. Louis, you know, and, and they're not really towns that would automatically pop to mind as being, you know, the center of, of anything other than industry back in the day. Cleveland was, was very big and obviously Detroit with the motor business and everything else. Yes. But it seems that, that individuals in those three cities, Cleveland, Detroit, and St. Louis, I don't know what it is you guys are drinking up there or eating or whatever, what's in the water, but uh, you got some of the, the, the heaviest, most astute um, uh, rock fans in the country, and there was never a time that we went to Cleveland or any of those other cities that we didn't have a great reception and a great time. Great, great, great party town. Yeah. Anybody that, uh, that has a chance to, uh, to check them out, go and check them out. Man. Those, those places, for whatever reason... Slamming. I've always said that you don't see a Kiss concert till you see one in Cleveland. <laughs> well, up. that that that's for sure, man. Straight and, up. And, and that old Agora Ballroom, man. Oh, it's something. I, what an iconic place. The acts that, that that went through there, including Kiss, were just phenomenal. Um, and, and that's that's another place that kind of became a home away from home. You know you. You know about uh, about the Michigan Palace and Detroit and yep. and the like, but I I would say that the Agora and Cleveland, we felt very very much at home uh, in Cleveland and and you know Cleveland rocks like it says right. <laughs> yep, they don't they don't say that about Upper Schlossberg. <laughs> no, not at all, not at all. <laughs> but but it, it's it, it's true. You know, it's funny because traveling around the country. And around the world, as as I've done, um, it's it's the places that you least expect. You know, there's a little place in Tennessee called Johnson City. Mm. Uh, man, those people rock their balls off, man. <laughs> it was it was it was such a pleasant surprise. You know, you, you a New York guy going going into Tennessee up into the mountains and not knowing what to expect. You know. Beautiful, and beautiful country up there. Beautiful country up there, and the people are just as cool, man. You know, it's like a little, little piece of little, little piece of heaven tucked away in the hills up there. Everybody's so happy. It's so mm-hmm. beautiful. It's so, so wonderful, man. Absolutely. We had some great gigs up there in uh, Johnson City, Tennessee, Charlotte. You know, it's not just not just New York and, and L.A. where people can party. Right. You know, so. Uh, Hitting all of those places several times a year, and many, many times since then, it's always a pleasure to and really be able to to uh, enjoy music and life without all of that uh, hustle and bustle of a New York and L.A. man. It's really cool. Now I'm gonna flip the script on you. We've talked about places that were meccas for Kiss, places where people yeah. just loved them, loved them, loved them. But you guys had the unfortunate. Uh, displeasure or pleasure of going to Canada when it was the coldest <laughs> oh, yeah. and going down south when it was the hottest. Uh-huh. Tell me a scary story about down south. <laughs> the scariest story 
uh-huh. that I could tell you about down south. You'll have to wait for the book. Ah! <laughs> Sold but not told. Ah, oh, you, yeah. you're a devil. There, there, there might have I might have alluded to to this story elsewhere another time, but here again, you'll you'll get the full story. We actually ran across some of the some of the nastiest guys in 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 the history of this country, and um, Moose and Mick and myself. We uh, we walked into the lion's den unknowingly, and we toughed it out, mm-hmm. and we walked out on the skate. But you, that's one of the most vivid memories in my life, man. And uh, we will go into great depth about about that particularly Sunday afternoon in Indiana. Excellent. Well, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna push you for the whole thing, but I'm gonna set the table a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's bad enough. That you've got four freaky guys wearing tall shoes. Because as much as Kiss was trying to hide who they were, there was a part of them that didn't want to hide who they were. Sure. When they went into a truck stop, you could still tell there's something different about that guy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They have black hair. There's four of them. They got black hair. And they've got people around them. But then you're down south, 1970-whatever. And there's a black guy with him. What's that all about? <laughs> Absolutely. <clears throat> People had no idea who the hell we were or, or where we were coming from. But they knew for sure that we were somebody. <laughs> You're either in league with the devil or something. Something was going on. So. Yeah, well, I, you, you, you know, of course, that all knights and uh, Satan service bullshit. Right. You know. Was there but, ever a time um, when you guys used that to your advantage? Um... We used our look to our advantage every uh-huh. day of the week, you know. Like you say, when you're when you're a thousand miles from home, um, in an area that is notoriously anti anti Yankee, anti New York, anti black, anti Jew, um, anti everything, anti everything, you know. yeah. And um, you know, there's four guys in the band and. The, you know, the four of you and the crew. Kind of looking like the Hard Rock Adams family. Pretty much. Pretty much. You know, well, I mean, you know the look. It was, oh, yeah. It was leather, leather and denim, head to toe, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we're already big guys. You know, I'm, I'm almost 6'3". Moose is hovering around 6'1", 6'2". Gene uh, is, is, is no, uh, no small guy. Ace mm-hmm. is tall. You know, so you, you, you take that 6'2 or 6'3 and you, you put four-inch platforms on them and <laughs> leathers and, you know, everything else. And, um, yeah, we, we looked like uh, we were a force to be dealt with. And it was really, um, it was supposed to be that way. It was it was meant to be that way. That we, we didn't want to give any impression that we were anything other than, than what we were. And, um, you know, we didn't, we didn't, didn't go anywhere to cause any shit, but we didn't take right. any shit either. And, and I think, and I think that 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 could be sensed by everybody right. um, once once they saw us. And, and 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 that was meant to be because, you know, like you say, with the long hair and and everything else, um, sometimes it could have been very cruel. Yeah, uh, we ne- we never let things get out of hand. Man. And you know, they they had to be thinking. Well, maybe they're in a biker gang or something, and they look outside and there's no bikes. It's a <laughs> it's a station wagon with a bunch of guys. 
Well, you know, it, it's funny that you should say that because, uh, you know, I allude to that in the book. You know, we, we, we were like a motorcycle gang. Yeah. You know, um, and, 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 and that, that did us well, you know. Uh-huh. The stage, the stage was, 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 our, was our bikes, you know, and the band, uh, the, the, you know, the, the, how did I put this? The, the, the stage was our woman. And the uh-huh. band was our bikes, and we didn't let any harm come to either of them. We controlled what happened on the stage the same way we controlled what happened around the band, and no harm came to anybody that was ever involved with us under our uh, tenure. You know what I mean? Yeah. We were very, very possessive of our of our territory and, and, and of all of our people, and um, you know we, we wrapped a big cocoon around everybody, and, and I'm, I'm really happy to say that no one ever got uh, a problem shall we say um while we were around very good now we can't let people think that uh that there isn't any love from the south because there's a lot of places in the south that loved you too i like i said man that some of the rockingest towns some of the rockingest towns are in the south but you know you're, you're right let me let, let me back up a little bit people were were skeptical and may have had some, you know, pre-existing ideas about what was happening. But mm-hmm. to a person, by the time Kiss walked off stage, everybody was blown away. Everybody knew that they had just seen a show like, they, like they'd never seen before. And they all became part of the Kiss Army. So thank you, South, North, East, and West. All directions. All directions, man. You guys it's starting to sound you, like a preacher now. Yeah, man, <laughs> this is this is how I feel, bro. This you is let how it I out. feel. Like I say, the love that 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 the crew gets to this day from not only all corners of this country, but all corners of the world. I mean, you know, there are people that are commenting and and, and catching up on Facebook mm-hmm. uh, from Australia, Norway, Sweden. Spain, Mexico, Canada, England, Germany, uh, Belgium, I mean, you, you know, Japan, you know, you name it. And, and, and everyone is very, very cordial, very uh, uh, appreciative of what, of, of, of what we did. And as a result, we are very appreciative to them. So kudos to, to, to all the KISS fans. Yeah, Cleveland, you feel all right? All right, then, you know. When I say we know this is going to be a hot night, we ain't joking, we know. We know if everybody here loosens up a little bit, we going to get this place. I said, we going to get this place.
talking about people, and I guess that we have to talk about the four people. Yeah. I'm going to mention a name, and you tell mm -hmm. me the last time you saw them, and how they changed from the time that you met them to the time that you left them. Sure. Paul Stanley. I haven't seen Paul since 1976. Hmm. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Okay. Are there any impressions you have of him? Like what kind of a guy he was starting out? Paul was great. They were all great guys. In in the in the years that we were there, they were all great guys. Um, they were all city guys. Um, Paul, admittedly, being probably the most introverted. Uh -huh. um, but he was he he was a sweetheart, as they all were. They were on a mission. They were very uh, focused. Paul, probably the most focused, followed uh, you know right on his heels by Gene. Uh -huh. But Paul was was it was the most focused in personally becoming a rock star and making Kiss you know the vehicle for him to do that. So you know Paul uh, Paul lived his dreams and uh, he deserves everything that he's got. And I mean that in a good way. Good. Uh, Gene Simmons. Gene Simmons, same way. Gene Simmons, the very same way. Um, a, a very driven. Uh, you know, being being uh, a non-smoker or a non-drinker um, and the like. Uh, uh, Gene's um, persona, so to speak, you know, came to be what it was. You know his desire to have women and money, not necessarily in that order. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I guess as far as Gene's concerned, you know, he's, uh, he's gotten out of, uh, out of this life exactly what he wanted. And uh, here again, another very, very nice guy. Do you think that he's a, a nice guy at heart? Or? Um, I think they're all nice guys at heart. Okay. And I, and I can't say that that any one of the uh, any one of them is any nicer than the other um, may have transpired in the 38 years and I still can't believe I'm saying that I know it's strange <laughs> isn't it you know yeah I, you know what may have transpired in in the last 38 years since since we were uh, let go uh, I can only you know um, speak on you know from the outside looking in but um, on the inside you know they're, they're just just great guys they didn't have a bad bone in their body they didn't have any malice towards anybody you know um they they were all uh they were all very grounded very centered guys and and very focused on on the job that was at hand and that was that was making the band a success so um nothing yeah, wrong with that. they were all very very cool you know what's happened in the meantime I don't know. <laughs> uh -huh. Okay, Peter Chris. Peter Chris, another guy, sweetheart. Sweetheart. Um, Peter and I both uh, grew up in, in Brooklyn, New York. So um, we had a little bit of a, of a connection, you know, just going just from that. But, um, you know, here again, Peter was, was a great guy. Um, having grown up in Brooklyn and, you know, spent more time really on the street, so to speak, than, uh, than Gene and Paul. He was uh, a bit more raw 
around the edges, so to speak. But here again, um, never, never a pain, never a problem, um, never any malice or, you know, uh, any anything like that. You know, I, I, you know, it sounds funny, but um, you know, talking about uh, these guys and answering the questions that uh, that you're asking me, I have to tell you, man, shit was wonderful. It was really wonderful. Anybody that may feel a little disillusioned uh, in the path of the band and the fact that uh, maybe they didn't perform at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremonies and this and that and the other. Um, I, I wish that you folks had uh, had the opportunity to see and know those four guys back in 74, 75, and 76. Uh, I worked for a lot of bands, a lot of major acts, and um, those are some of the nicest cats at the time um, that, I, that I'd ever worked with, I must say. Well... Since you mention it, and Jody covered it on the Strangeway show, but I just want to kind of, for, for folks that haven't heard that yet, let's just run down some of your resume of people you've worked with. You worked with Dust. Uh, Dust was the first <clears throat> first band. Dust and Mark Bell, who later became Marky Ramon. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Aerosmith, Ted Nugent. Um, worked on the uh, the David Bowie the the Ziggy Stardust tour yes. before Kiss actually. Uh, worked for Jay Giles uh, tour. Uh-huh. Worked for uh, some Black Axe. Worked for uh, George Clinton Parliament Funkadelic, which was another Casablanca stable. Mate. Another Casablanca. Yeah, you know the, the the great thing about Casablanca, you know, it was just a great time to be around. Oh yeah. You know, um, just historically. The first four bands that, that Neil Bogart signed, um, you know, it's, this has got to be some kind of a record, but the first four bands that he signed were Donna Summer, mm-hmm. who was the queen of disco, yep. uh, Village People, mm-hmm. who some might say are the queens of disco. hey <laughs> 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 uh, uh George Clinton, Parliament Funkadelic. And Kiss. And, and Kiss. So I'd say he was batting four for four. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. He, he managed Absolutely. to pull Absolutely, absolutely. I worked for Harry Belafonte, who was a uh, a genius and a and a big big star from the mid fifties on. Exactly. Um, Harry, for anyone who doesn't know, was a was the gentleman who introduced uh, island music, calypso, and the yes. like to and to the uh, to the Western world or the yes. Northern Hemisphere, anyway. Um, and then there's some up. guy called the Pope. Yeah, there's some guy, Benny. Yeah. <laughs> ben, the Pope Benedict XVI. Um, I worked with in 2008 here in New York. Um, the Catholic Church has a uh, uh, a regularly scheduled event, and I'm, I, I forget now if it's every, every five years or every six years. But basically, it's, it's a it's a it's a Pope fest. It's like Pope stock, and, and you... right. We call it. We call it. We called it Pope Stock. Uh, officially, it's called the uh, Papal Youth Rally, and this is an opportunity for the Pope to to get together with, uh, you know, thirty five, forty thousand uh, young people in a in a outdoor festival type of setting. Believe it or not, and you can't knock it because it's hugely successful. But you know, it's, it's not a lot of people that can say on my resume I worked with Michael Jackson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
Kiss, the Pope, and uh, George Clinton, and and everybody, yeah. and of, of course uh, the the band that had the hit with Always. Um, Always, uh, Atlantic Star. Atlantic Star, great, yeah. great, great R and B pop there. But exactly. for, but again, like we said, the story is to be sold, not told. So I'm going to send you over to my brother Jody Have Nots. Wonderful interview to hear the whole rundown and the behind the scenes on what we just kind of touched on. So. There you, sent, go. you know that that's love for you jody you gotta admit it so um <laughs> That's right, Kiss Army. We're having a rock and roll party, and you are invited. Tune into the Strange Ways Kiss Podcast and hang out with your Kiss Army brothers, Jody Havnock, Clinton Harris, and D Rock. Join us where we celebrate and discuss the gods of thunder. That's Strange Ways Kiss Podcast. You can find us on Facebook or Podomatic.com. We'll see you there. Every year, tragedy affects us all, whether it be a news reporter, a radio announcer, or an interviewer mispronouncing Mr. Ace Fraley's name. How many times has this happened to you? How many times have you wanted to throw your shoe at a television or kick a radio into a pool? I am Ian Farthington III, and I am here today to speak out on public awareness to properly pronounce Ace Frehley's name. It is not freely. It has never been freely. It never will be freely. So please, while you can, inform other people that it is indeed Ace Frehley. Ace Frehley. It's Frehley, not freely. This message paid for by the committee to make sure that people know Ace Frehley's name is indeed Ace Frehley. Tell someone while you can that Ace Frehley's name is indeed Ace Frehley. It's Frehley, not Freely. Thank you. The last person on our list is Ace Frehley. Ace Frehley was just, you know, you've heard the term lovable drunk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, that, that was Ace and more. Ace is another good guy. I mean, as long as he could have a beer in his hand, you know, and, and a guitar in the other... It was fun times for him, you know. He's truly a guy that just wants to hang out, play music, and and have a good time. Whatever that took, he was the guy. Whenever he was around, um, there was never a dull moment. Um, and you know, just like the other guys, another another great heart, another great heart. Um, just a just a, just a wonderful guy. You know, it's it's funny because when you uh, come into an organization. Uh, blind, so to speak, and and you know you're meeting people for the first time. It's uh, it's always you're always looking uh, a little bit like, well, you know, God, well, what's this going to be like? What's that going to be like? What what's this going to be like? And I don't know. Perhaps it's because Kiss was the last group that I worked with that was unknown at the time. Um, that you saw but, come from the ground up. It, exactly. Um, so perhaps that was part of it, but uh, because Michael Jackson was doing okay by the time he got to him, yeah, Michael wasn't didn't have a bad <laughs> career, you know. He he was doing okay, and I got to tell you, even even during that tour in '84, 
was before all of the the noise and the nonsense that came up about him and yeah. before he started, you know, really radically changing his looks and everything else, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, people ask me, what was it like working for Michael? And I tell him, you know, Michael was great. He was a regular guy. He'd stick his hand out and say, hi, call me Mike, you know? Yeah, but then it got to the point where uh, it just, he became a god unto himself, it, you know, people made him into something that I don't think any human is ever supposed to be. And, yeah. and, and, and I feel that way about Kiss. I feel that way about every band. You know, we, we take a look at someone like Miley Cyrus or whoever, and I'm not running her down or not sticking right. up for her or anything. It's right. just not natural to have right. that much love and adoration and somebody just wanting to touch you and be around you all the time. It's just not natural. So, No, it's not. But you know what? Uh, the other side of that coin is that uh, you can't penalize people for helping to make you who you are. Correct. You know, you've got to look in that mirror and you've got to be thankful and happy that you're able to live the kind of lives that you're able to live because of the fans. Yeah. You know, um, and if and if if you're that far disconnected from the fans maybe you would have been that far disconnected no matter what you were doing in, in your life you know no matter what your career path would have been but yeah i mean it's it's true there's there's, there's no doubt about it when you've got cameras and microphones stuck in your face uh, every minute of the day it it, it does change things yeah. um so uh God bless them. you know there's so much that we could do and i'd like to have you back on the show one day i'd like with to... the moose yeah, I'd love that. But I want to someday. I want to have you come on and just talk about this show. But one last thing I'm going to talk to you about, sure. and I'm going to let you go because you're doing a bunch of interviews, and I appreciate what you're doing, and I appreciate for taking the time to spend the time with us, and and hey, I hope man. you know that we're always going to be here to help you as far as promoting anything or whatever. And uh, we just just want you to know that we as fans appreciate you. I do appreciate that, and you know, we we we. There's no way we could not, you know, do podcasts, man. Like you say, you guys have been been real supportive all along, and um, you know, we got to give back. You know, got to give back. So, well, thank you for, uh, for for having me and having had us over the years, so that we can, uh, you know, get out there and vent a little bit, so to speak, man. Well, Much appreciated. The, the one final question I'm going to have is uh, about the God of Thunder demo. Yeah. You've, you've now heard this come from where you've, you've never heard the song before, and Paul says, do this and try that. And, and then you put this kind of uh, almost dance beat behind it, like uh, kind of like a deep purple dance beat, sure. if that makes sense. Because sure. <laughs> you had, well, you had yeah. like the up-tempo... Uh, playing it on the upbeat and it was right. it's just so different from how it became but you heard it when no one else had heard it and now it's went through all these permutations to where you actually had your version released on the box set <laughs> wasn't that a trip after like you said 38 years or whatever yeah, uh, yeah. And, and some fan is out there saying well it was released prior to 38 yeah we understand but uh right right you know yeah, some, no. something that you did one afternoon not really thinking about it not thinking anyone's ever going to hear this right and boom right. here right. it is 
that, that, that was a very interesting uh, couple of days. We recorded 15 songs um, in two days. Um, and it was literally, okay, JR, here are the chords, bop, 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 you know. Uh-huh. And, uh, Just kind of like go. any band. Yeah, roll, roll tape, let's go, you yeah. know. Um, and I played it the way I heard it, based oh, yeah. on the way Paul played it at the time. You know, I actually heard um, a kind of Ian Pace, uh, Deep Purple, Smoke smoke on the Water kind of drum take on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and that's what I laid down. Um, we all know that it's, you know, become one of Gene's uh, staple songs. Bob Ezrin uh, took it and slowed it down and made it a bit more plodding and heavy. Um, and... and I, I think it suits Gene very, very well. Yeah. But uh, the version that that uh, we did in the demo, I mean, that has Paul written all over it. And uh, like I said, I, I, I played it the way that it, that it came about. You know, in those days, there were no drum machines. There was nothing. Right. You know, you had to you had to have a warm body behind the drum kit Absolutely. To, uh, to, to do that. The closest you could come, they would have these drum records that you could buy. You're right. That would have like a loop of a drum player, and a person <laughs> would literally have to sit there and play the little parts that they wanted and try to make a robo drummer. Right. People don't right. realize how good they got it now. But, uh... <laughs> That's true, man. It's uh, when people are churning out uh, platinum albums out of their bedrooms these days. Yeah. You know? yeah. Exactly. Uh, the nature of the business has really changed, and that I think is is another thing. It's, that's a good point because. The um, that 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 type of uh, situation, this computerized stuff, has really made uh, groups like Kiss uh, even that more uh, iconic. I think you know. Right. You want to go see a show, you know. You want to see a real show with real guys playing on stage. Go to see go to see a hard rock band. Right. You know there are some great great bands out there. I love Beyonce's band. If you haven't seen Beyonce's band, make it a point. Beyonce's band kills, okay? Uh-huh. I've seen a lot of shows. I've worked on over 3,000 shows in my life. Uh-huh. And I've seen a lot of shows and a lot of different productions. And I have to say that uh, Beyonce, for me, the first thing is Beyonce has a huge band. I don't know, 15, 18 people on stage. And right. they're all fine women. Seriously, <laughs> they are not, women. Which is not bad. Not bad at all, you know. Uh, they're, they're gorgeous ladies who all are masters at their particular instruments. So to see that type of a of an organization getting up on stage and and playing live is a treat, you know. Much less the great staging and the production and the sound and the lights and the choreography and everything else. I, I think Beyonce has one of the greatest shows out there and. Uh, you know, that's the type of thing that I like to see. Uh-huh. Uh, can you take me back to the first time that, not that you heard Kiss's version of mm-hmm. God of Thunder, not the first time you saw them rehearsing in God of Thunder, but the first time you saw it in front of an audience and went like, holy crap, that's what we were doing? You know, for, for whatever reason, it doesn't, it doesn't hold a whole lot of deep memories for me. Right. Oh, it, it it doesn't it doesn't stick in my memory like like some of the more iconic stuff, you know, um, that that it, that came before it. 
Um, I guess that's about all I can say about that. Well, that works that, for me. Yeah, that's about it. So yeah. here's what I want to do. Probably yeah, in man. about six or seven months, we'll let your book be out there. I want to have you back. I want to actually take questions from folks. Great. And let it be a fan-driven show for J.R. Smalling. That sounds great. I would love to do that. Okay, excellent. Love to do that. Well, we want to thank you, and we got to do some plugging. <laughs> there you go. I wanted to say... Um, for more information on, on, you know, myself and Moose and, and, and Rick, uh, the original KISS crew, go to uh, www.theoriginalkisscrew, it's crew with a K, dot com, theoriginalkisscrew.com. You'll find out a lot about what's going on with this book. You'll get the, uh, the lowdown on the, uh, the cover design and everything else. Of course, visit us on Facebook. We'd love to see you uh, join up the original Kiss crew, and uh, keep an eye out for the eBooks and the hardcover when it's uh, available. You guys will not be disappointed. Guaranteed, you're going to get your money's worth. We want to encourage all of our listeners and everybody on our Facebook page to join up with Jr.'s Facebook page and get in there, buy that book, show them some love, and uh, make this thing a reality for yourself. All there you go. And uh, love it. So There you go. We we really don't have much time left in this world, folks. And I say this not to be somber or to bum anyone out, but these guys are going to share their memories and be glad that we're going to be able to get it while we can. And having said all that, I want to dedicate this episode to Mr. Mick Campisi. And uh, we hope that you feel our love across the digital waves. Love you, Mick. My brother. All right. Well, thank you, Jr. and uh, God bless you, and we'll catch you on the road. Hey, thank you, Ken, man. Rock on, bro. Okay, thank you. <laughs> All right, Have man. a good one. You wanted the best, and you got it. The hottest show on the net. Podcast. He ain't kidding around. Like your input on the end there. He ain't kidding around. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Man. And that is our show. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out on the web at www.podcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook and on iTunes. If you'd like to contact the podcast, please drop us a line at podcast at gmail.com. Big thanks to Julian and everyone at kissfaq.com. They've got great information there and a terrific message board, too. Thanks also to Keith LaRue and everyone else at Kiss Online for their great work representing the hottest band in the land. And as always, a big thanks to Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Fraley, Peter Chris, Vinnie Vincent, Bruce Kulick, Eric Singer, Tommy Thayer, and the memory of the late great Eric Carr, and the late great Mark St. John. You are KISS, and we are your Army. Podcast is created by the KISS Army for the KISS Army, and it is available for free as an internet download. If you like what you hear on our show, go buy it and support the people who made it. Podcast is not affiliated with KISS or any of its members past or present. On behalf of myself, Ken, and the whole rest of the Podkiss crew, thank you for listening to Podkiss, the KISS fanzine for your ears. Well, seriously, uh, if there's anything we can do to help you, as far as I'm concerned, you post anything you want on our Facebook page. It's yours. Have fun. Right. Unless right. you just start posting selfies of your junk and we then we'll have to talk okay uh, your page isn't big enough man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> That's good. All right. <laughs> you got to laugh because one of these it. days they're going to cover us up and I it's all going to be yeah. over. You gotta laugh when you can. No, you, you your your show with Jody was so darn good. I just I had. To... I was surprised actually. To be honest with you, I mean he had uh, he had his ducks in a row, man. He does, and he yeah. he's got such a love. See, Jody to me, he's not. You know how we were talking about it's not book smarts or whatever. And I'm not saying anything bad about his smarts or anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the guy's all heart. Just yeah. all heart. And you yeah. don't get that every day, and when you do, you gotta cherish it and treat it good. And just yeah. much love to him. So yeah. same with yeah, Matt Porter. Days. You're doing Matt Porter's show, right? Uh, what's that? That's the, the what Kiss is Room. It? The Kiss Room. Yeah, yeah. We've got so much stuff. You you're gonna be very very pleased, kid. Okay. Good. You'll be very pleased. Uh, and Matt is a good guy, and you will always have a friend in Matt Porter. He is. Cool. He is Ooh. such a sweet man. I'll tell you this on a personal level. Just, it's a, he's an amazing story unto himself. But his love for Kiss and all things Kiss, and that includes you and the guys. Uh, he just, he's a good friend to have. So great, great. Just well, uh, you know, made a lot of friends, man. Made a lot of friends through this uh, relationship with Kiss. No enemies, at least none that I know of, anyway. So right. Um, you know, it's been a little bumpy ride, but it's it's been it's been for the most part a good ride, man. So. No regrets. Okay. Cool, Ken. All right. Well, thank you very much, Jr. Thank you, man. Another good one, and and I appreciate uh, you guys taking the time to help us out on this, man. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll be back for sure. No problem. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay. Have a good one, man. Bye bye. Bye. Check out these ads for the following shows. We're proud to call these guys the friends of the Podkiss Network. We are one. You wanted the best, you got the best. And if you want the hottest show on Monco Radio, join us in the Kiss Room. The Kiss Room is a monthly radio broadcast celebrating the hottest band in the world. It's your place for all things Kiss and some... For broadcast dates and all information, go to thekissroom.com. The Kiss Room broadcasts live and worldwide on Monco Radio, where music and minds meet. Kistory Science Theater, the most civilized. Yeah. Oh, f- <laughs> oh, f- <laughs> come on. Respect and serious. No, wait. Excuse me, Bob, you're going to come over and do my album. <laughs> Kiss Podcast on the web. History Science Theater. We bust balls because we care. You're listening to Zilch, a monkey's podcast. That's right, gang. You requested it. Finally, a monthly monkey's podcast is coming your way. Follow us as we discuss the adventures of Mickey, Mike, Davey, and Peter. That's right, the monkeys. Take some time out of your busy day and monkey around with us. So join us on Zilch, the podcast full of monkeys. You are listening to the Podkiss Network.